Thank you so much for joining our event today, Workers' Compensation 101, Workers' Compensation Do's and Don't for Injured Workers. It's going to be presented by attorney Andre Ramsey, who's with the Cochran Firm Atlanta. Attorney Andre C. Ramsey joined the Cochran Firm Atlanta in 2016. He previously worked as an associate attorney at a fast-paced North Atlanta law firm specializing in the practice areas of workers' compensation, personal injury, and social security disability. Mr. Ramsey aggressively represents many injured workers in acquiring all income and medical benefits available to them to the full extent of the law. Mr. Ramsey earned a bachelor's degree in management of information studies with a minor in business administration from Florida State University. As an undergraduate student, Andre was one of 16 students chosen from 23 states for the Florida State University College of Law National Summer Law Program. Mr. Ramsey later earned his Juris Doctorate degree from Atlanta's John Marshall Law School. While in law school, Andre completed an American Bar Association client interviewing and counseling competition where he placed in the national top six after winning the regional competition. Andre also founded the Caribbean Law Students Association, a student bar association class representative and pre-trial Cali Award recipient. Andre also clerked for a well-known national law firm where he had the opportunity to work directly under a former Georgia Workers' Compensation Administrative Law judge. Mr. Ramsey, are you there? I am. I'm so happy to be here to try to provide some good answers for some people who may need some. Well, great. We're so happy to have you. Now, if you're on the call, if you're listening to the event, and if you're even reading our book, if you've ever wondered what benefits injured workers are entitled to receive, you're going to find that out today. What do you do if you have a pre-existing injury? What happens after receiving medical care for an injury? And what happens if you wait to report an injury? You're going to learn all about this and more. So Mr. Ramsey, I'm just going to ask a few questions and we're going to walk through um, all of the information for our listeners today. Excellent. Awesome. So what benefits are injured workers entitled to receive? Uh, they're entitled to receive uh, three core benefits, uh, the first of which would be income benefits. Income benefits are split out into now three types of income benefits, uh, so stay with me. Uh, the first type of benefit that's an income benefit is called temporary total disability. Uh, the injured worker receives those benefits if they are taken out of work due to their injury or if they're placed on light-duty restrictions from their uh, doctor and their employer is unwilling to or cannot provide a light-duty job restriction that is within their uh, accommodate, cannot accommodate rather their light-duty restrictions given to them by their doctor. Now this income benefit, again TTD, temporary total disability, is typically two-thirds of what the person makes on an average week. Uh, so it's not going to be a dollar for a dollar um, amount that you've lost the income due to the injury. So, for instance, if you earn $500 per week, now, unfortunately, you earn approximately uh, $363.24 or 25 or so per week. Uh, so that's something that the injured worker needs to be aware of because your bills certainly don't get minimized by two-thirds, uh, but your income sure does. So that's the first uh, income benefit that they receive. 
The second income benefit that you can receive is called temporary partial disability or TPD benefits. That benefit is if you're placed on light duty and your employer can accommodate you and you're working a light duty position, if you're earning less money than you did before your injury, then the employer owes you two-thirds of the difference between the two. So for instance, you're earning again $500 per week and now you're working a light duty position that affords you $400 per week, the employer owes you two-thirds of that $100 difference or $66 per week. The third type of income benefit is called PPD benefits and what that is is permanent partial disability benefits. After you've continued to treat with a doctor for a period of time and the doctor has pretty much nothing else that they can do to treat your injury, they're going to list you as maximum medical improvement status. All that really means is there's nothing else that they can do to treat you. You're as good as you're going to be. At that point, the doctor is going to assign you a percentage of your disability. So let's just say you've injured your back at work and the doctor has gone through the course of treatment and the doctor believes you've lost 10% of the use of your body or back due to the injury. That 10% gets thrown into a calculation and it comes out to a value that the, that the insurance company owes you due to the loss of the percentage of the use of your body. So those are the three income benefits. Now, you also receive medical benefits. Medical benefits uh, encompass exactly what it sounds like medical treatment from the employer and insurance company. Those benefits include um, all special procedures uh, that a doctor may recommend for treatment. It includes physical therapy, surgeries if they're recommended, uh, injections if they're recommended, uh, prescription pills, even travel to and from your doctor's offices and to uh, the pharmacies to pick up your prescriptions are benefits that are covered that are put to you. Now, obviously, the medical benefits are paid directly to the person who's providing you the treatment. However, the mileage reimbursement is something that's yours and yours alone. The third type of benefit that an injured worker receives, unfortunately, if someone passes away due to their injury, are death benefits. Now, death benefits encompass the cost of funeral expenses, and if there is a living uh, minor child or perhaps a spouse, uh, they may be due the income benefits that I've already discussed that would have been due to the person who has passed away due to their injury. So those are the three core benefits uh, that anyone that has been injured in, at, in Georgia uh, with a company that has workers' compensation insurance, those are the three types of benefits that someone is due. And there you have it. We're right now learning more about Workers' Compensation 101 with attorney Andre Ramsey, who's of counsel with the Cochran firm Atlanta. Now, Mr. Ramsey, as we move forward, and we're going to talk about the do's and the don'ts, what should an injured worker do? The very first thing an injured worker should do is report your injury to your supervisor, supervisor immediately. If your supervisor is not available, find a team lead. If your team lead is not available, find a manager. If they're not available, find an HR representative. The point is, you need to inform someone who is in a position of power with your employer immediately, not only that you've been injured, but that you've been injured due to your work or work environment. It's not, it's not enough just to tell them, I don't feel well or you know, I'm having some pain. 
you have to let them know that this was caused while you were working or while you were at work. You need both of those things. So it needs to be happening while you're at work and, again, because of work. Uh, so, again, I cannot stress enough, report your injury immediately. Now, the law does allow you 30 days to provide notice to your employer of your injury, but why wait? Uh, the longer you wait, the longer it's going to take them to get you to a doctor for treatment. And the real goal here is to inform the insurer and the ins employer rather quickly of your injury, but the bigger goal is to get you to a doctor quicker so you can get better. That's the very first thing I would say you do. When should they call an attorney? <clears throat> they should call an attorney immediately after they've informed their employer. Um, if you call an attorney prior to informing your employer, that's exactly the first thing an, an attorney is going to tell you. So why don't you just go ahead and inform the insurer, I'm sorry, inform the employer right away, and then the employer will then in, inform the insurance company that represents them for the workers' compensation injury. So you need to call an attorney immediately. Don't wait until the employer decides to say, okay, I'll send you to a doctor. The reason I tell you to call a doctor, I'm sorry, call a, an attorney rather quickly is because in workers' compensation, it matters who the doctor is. It's, it's sad and unfortunate, but not every doctor is there to provide you the benefits or the, uh, the treatment that you need. A lot of doctors you will find will get you back to work quicker than you, you're ready to be. Uh, so it's very important that you not only get a doctor, but you get the right doctor. That's what attorneys do. We get you to the right doctor for the right treatment to give you the right result. Great. So what's the next thing that an injured worker should do? As for an incident report to be written up, um, I cannot stress to you how important that is. That simply just documents the injury. Um, I've had cases in the past uh, where the injured worker did, in fact, report the injury to the supervisor immediately. However, because an incident report wasn't written up or filed, the insurance company was not made aware of the injury in the beginning. So what that does is it delays your treatment. It delays the income benefits and the medical treatment that you're due. So ask for an incident report to be filed. Ask for a copy of that. You're due a copy of that report. Not a lot of employers will give you a copy. If they choose not to, then ask for it to be filed within your records. That way, when your attorney is now on the file, he, can, he or she can go ahead and request a copy of your entire employment record, which would include that work injury claim form. So again, ask for an incident report to be written up, filed, and ask for a copy if available. What would an injured worker do if they have a pre-existing injury? Listen, pre-existing injuries are fine, okay? No one expects you to be free of all pre-existing injuries, okay? If you've been hurt before, then that's okay. What we need to show and establish is that your pre-existing injury has been aggravated due to the work that you are performing for your employer. As long as we can show that it's been aggravated to some degree, then your claim will still and should still be accepted as a workers' compensation claim. I would say 80 to 90 percent of my clients have had pre-existing injuries. So it is not a bar against claiming workers' compensation. Now, unfortunately, a lot of employers and insurance companies will use that as a tool to not provide you the treatment that you need. They'll simply say, oh, this is something you had before you, you came to work, so this is not our problem. 
again, another reason why you need to call an attorney immediately, especially if you've had a pre-existing injury. Just to reiterate, pre-existing injuries do not bar you from filing a workers' compensation claim, nor bar you from receiving the income benefits or the medical treatment that you need. It is very important to get an attorney as soon as possible in the event that your employer and or your insurance company denies your claim simply because you've been hurt before. I will say this, it does get problematic at times if your pre-existing injury is within, let's say, a month from your date of injury. That's just giving the employer slash insurance company another tool to, to deny you treatment. So again, another reason I cannot stress enough to call an attorney as soon as you've been hurt. What's the next thing that an injured worker should do? After you've reported it to your supervisor and you've asked for an incident report to be filed and written up, ask for medical treatment. It seems simple, but a lot of times um, I've had cases where uh, my injured workers informed the employer, got the incident written up, and then went home um, and to try to see if uh, going home for a day or two will make him feel better. It's not enough just to do that. You need to be proactive about your care and proactive about your treatment. So ask for medical treatment. When you ask for a medical treatment, then at that point, the employer is supposed to provide you with a list of doctors. It's called a panel of physicians. The panel by Georgia law is supposed to have at minimum six doctors in which you could request treatment with. If the panel does not have six doctors, then that panel may be deemed as invalid. If it is invalid, then you get to pick whichever doctor you want to go to, and then the employer slash insurance company will have to pay for the treatment. Now, be mindful. The employer slash insurer will not just allow you to go to any doctor you want to and agree to pay for anything. Another reason why you need an attorney to assist you with this. Now, when you ask for the treatment, let's just assume that the panel is valid. You get to pick whichever doctor you want to go to. What happens quite frequently is the employer or insurer will tell you you need to go to this particular place or you need to go to that particular place. Now, the reasons behind that, a lot of reasons. But all those reasons do not benefit you. very first reason is they're very familiar with that doctor and know that that doctor might send you back to work before you're ready to be back to work or state that there's nothing wrong with you or you're fine. You need to make sure you're going, again, to not only a doctor, but the right doctor. You need a doctor that specializes in your type of injury, and you need a doctor that's going to provide you unbiased care and an unbiased treatment plan and an unbiased diagnosis. So again, ask for medical treatment. Ask for the list of doctors so you can pick which doctor. But before you pick a doctor, call an attorney, let's pick the right doctor, and let's start your claim off right. So what's the next thing that an injured worker should do? Um, secure contact information for witnesses that may have seen your accident. Um, any, anyone that you work with, co-workers, um, you know, see if they can they'd write something down for you just to say, look, you know, I saw this happen, I saw the mechanism of your injury, he or she injured worker was doing some type of work activity and then complained of back pain or shoulder pain or, or ankle pain or hand pain. Always want to secure people that may support you. 
And, and the reason is, it's quite simple. The more people that saw the accident, more chances that it's going to be a claim that's accepted, more chances that the insurance company will send you for, to a doctor for treatment and pay for it, more chances that you'll receive the income benefits should you have to miss work. Um, and this is information that is typically going to be placed on your incident report, which brings us right back to why you want an incident report in the first place. You want to identify those people that would provide you information and also provide the insurance company information to give them a reason to accept your claim and provide you the treatment that you need. So it doesn't have to be a formal statement by someone as a witness if you work with them and you're friends with them at work, but, but try to get something in writing and see if they'll agree to sign it. Let them know it won't affect their jobs initially. You'll only use it if absolutely necessary, but it's very good to have it while the information is current in their head, especially right after the accident so they can accurately represent what they saw versus asking them to make a statement some two to three weeks or even two to three months later. It's very important to secure the contact information for those witnesses and see if they'll provide you with a statement. So there you have it, the Workers' Compensation 101, the Workers' Compensation dues for injured workers. Now, Mr. Ramsey, let's go into the don'ts for injured workers. What is something that they should not do? I tell everyone, do not sign anything before speaking with an attorney. Uh, about the only thing that you may sign is probably the incident report that we discussed. But make sure it's an accurate representation of what happened and how it happened. If it is not, you don't have to sign it. They may try to force you to do so, but tell them you want to speak to an attorney before you sign that, especially if it's not accurate. Don't sign anything regarding which doctors you're going to go see. Don't sign anything regarding how the accident happened from the insurance company. Um, you don't need to sign anything before you can get those me the medical treatment that you need. And by the time your income benefits are due, you should have already obtained an attorney that can help you and make sure the right paperwork is signed, but only after an attorney has had the opportunity to review those documents and make sure they don't prohibit you from receiving the benefits that you're due or may negatively impact your claim and or your treatment going forward. You have to be very careful with the things that you sign because you may lock yourself into something that's not beneficial to you well before you've had the chance to really review it or to really appreciate the severity of your injury. Especially do not sign anything if you're under the influence of any type of prescription pills, um, if you're uh, perhaps in an ambulance, I've, unfortunately that's happened to one of my clients where the employer has asked them to sign something when they're being loaded into an ambulance. We get into issues where the, 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 the paperwork that you sign may not even be valid uh, due to the stress of the situation that you were under. But to avoid that whole uh, argument entirely, don't sign anything without speaking to an attorney. We need to make sure that what you're signing benefits you and only you. A lot of times what you sign may benefit the employer and you don't even know it yet because, again, you haven't appreciated the severity of your injury and your employer hasn't done the same. What happens if an injured worker waits to report an injury? It's quite simple. You're, you're denying yourself the, the availability of treatment. The longer you wait... Um, then the longer it is going to take for you to get better and for you to get back to work and for you to provide 
um, the, the income for your families if your if your job is supporting your family. Um, it, it's just it's detrimental to your claim. I cannot stress enough. Now earlier I indicated that you have 30 days to report your injury, and that is true. But why wait 30 days? Now I understand there are certain times that you don't appreciate perhaps how how bad your back hurts, or you know some some injuries take time. Um, to to appreciate to a level to which you feel like you need tra treatment. That's why the law allows you 30 days. However, the longer you wait to do so, then you're putting yourself in a position to where the insurance company could deny your claim. Not because you haven't provided them notice within 30 days, but because they just flat out don't believe you. Uh, they might simply ask you, well, why did you wait so long if you're in such excruciating pain? Don't give the employer or the insurance company a reason to back out of providing you the treatment. Tell them what happened, report the injury, get the incident report, and ask for treatment as soon as possible. Now, if you wait after the 30 days, then 99% of the times the insurance company will deny your claim because they don't have to provide you treatment after the 30 days. It gives them a way to back out of the treatment. Now, there, there may be ways around that 30-day notice period, and that's what attorneys do. We'll find ways to make sure that your claim gets accepted. But again, if you do not have to put yourself in a bad position, then don't do so. The beginning of your claim is a very, very important time frame. That's why there are statutory time frames on when you need to report your claim. So the, the faster you can do that, then the faster we can get you the right treatment, the faster we can get your income benefits so there's no interruption in the income that comes into your household, and the faster we can just put you in a better position than when you are at the time of the injury. So don't wait. Report it. Ask for it, the incident report to be written up and ask for treatment as soon as possible. All right, so we have our workers' compensation 101 do's and don'ts, and right now we're talking about the don'ts. What's next on the list? Um, I would say don't try to do your claim by yourself. Um, I understand in the perfect world your employer will provide you the, ben the, the medical treatment that you need, and if you miss time from work, they'll provide you the income benefits. And most people really don't want to file claims against their employer. They really just want to hope that the employer, uh, quote, unquote, does right, does right by them. Don't put yourself in that position. I cannot tell you how many clients have come and signed up with me after they attempted to give their employer um, a way to try to make things right. But keep in mind, when you get injured at work, you're no longer only dealing with your, in, your employer. You're not dealing with the people that you're familiar with. You're not dealing with your employer slash HR department or your, your manager who you've worked for for 40 years or, or 10 years. Who you're really dealing with is the insurance company. They have no idea who you are. To, you, to them, you're simply a stack of paper. You're a claim number. You're a unit. And they're going to treat you as such if you let them treat you as such. So it's very important that you don't try to do this by yourself. Why? Because this is probably your first or second time ever being hurt at work. Most people never get hurt at work, so they're never put in this situation. So you're going into this um, by yourself, 
the first time this has happened to you. Meanwhile, the insurance company does, the, the adjuster has three to 400 claims on her desk at any given time. So at that point, she's just simply trying to move the file along, you know, get you subpar treatment, get you back to work, and then the claim is moved off of her desk. Don't do this to yourself. You're putting yourself at a detriment already by trying to do the claim by yourself. Now, if you want to try to do it, I cannot tell you how many people have, and they called me and said, I wish I didn't do it by myself. Don't be like people uh, who call me all the time asking me to fix things. Now, you know, I try my best to, to, to fix whatever the situation is, and I, I do my best to put you in a better situation. But if you can off top initially get your claim done the right way, you will see how much smoother it's going to be to get you to the right doctors and to get you the income benefits versus if you try to do it by yourself, you're at a detriment, the employer terminates you for whatever reason, and now you're trying to file a claim. It, it just puts you in a, at a loss. It puts you behind the eight ball. It slows down your treatment. Um, it gives the employer slash insurance company a reason to deny your claim and not provide you anything. Meanwhile, the only person that suffers is you. So do not try to do this by yourself. You have a friend in the business, and I'm your friend. The Cochran Firm here is your friend in the business. We could do what we need to do to try to help you get where you need to be because nobody is looking out for your best interests except you and your attorney. Well, let's talk next about settlement monies. Um, <laughs> one thing I always tell my client, if the insurance company makes you an offer before you even ask for money, don't accept it. Uh, because at that point, they're offering you uh, very minimal amounts of money. Um, it may seem like a lot to you, and if it does, it's because the claim is really worth a lot more and they know it. So don't accept any settlement monies in lieu of treatment filing or filing a claim. I've seen that happen as well. Um, I've seen a, a client of mine specifically uh, works at a warehouse, and uh, he uh, got hurt at work, uh, injured his back severely, and the employer asked him, look, you know, let's not file a claim. Um, we'll take care of all your medical treatment, or we'll give you some money ahead of time so you can take care of everything you need to do let's not get our insurance company involved. Don't do that to yourself. What you're doing is you're, you're leaving your future in the hands of somebody who doesn't care about your future. The only reason that they don't want you to file a claim is because they don't, they don't want to provide you the real treatment that you need. They simply don't want their insurance premiums to go up. Workers' compensation insurance premiums are are pretty much like auto insurance premiums that you and I pay every day. When you get injured at, let's just say, in a car accident, if someone hits you from the rear and they come up and say exactly the same thing to you, hey, let's not get our insurance company involved, do you feel comfortable going forward without calling the insurance company? Of course not. The reason you don't feel comfortable is because you have no idea who that person is that hit you. You have no idea what their intentions are, and you do not know whether they'll provide you the treatment that you need. And that's the exact same reason with your insurance company for workers' compensation. Remember, again, when you're filing a claim, you're dealing with the insurance company, not the employer. 
there is no good reason that your employer can give you for not filing a claim with their insurance companies. They pay premiums for a reason. Let the specialists do what they do. Do not accept any type of monies in lieu of treatment or filing a claim because whatever money you may accept, I promise you this, will not be enough. And you will be on the hook for your own treatment. Simple things as physical therapy costs $110 per session typically. If you need 30 uh, treatments or 30 sessions of physical therapy, that's $3,300. And we haven't even gotten into whether you need surgery. We haven't gotten into specialized care with orthopedic specialists, neurologists, or psychiatrists. There's so many avenues that you're eliminating if you simply accept money in lieu of treatment and or filing a claim. There's no way you can appreciate the severity of your injury immediately in the first 10 days or so after your accident. These things take time. Give yourself the opportunity to get the treatment you need, to find out what is going on with your body, and to find out what it is that you're going to need for the rest of your life. And that's what we do here. We appreciate the severity of all the injuries that we represent for our clients, and we try to put them in a better position. So allow us to do what we can to put you in a good position. But if you accept money in the beginning in lieu of treatment and or filing a claim, then you're handcuffing yourself to whatever you accept, and it's going to be grossly undervalued. And what is our final don't with the Workers' Compensation 101 do's and don'ts? Don't decide to only seek treatment with your own primary care physician, uh, with your own health coverage. I understand you're, you're, you're familiar with your doctors, you're probably happy with your doctors, you've been treating with your primary care physician for some 10 to 20 years, so you're more comfortable going that route. The problem with that and, and what that does is the insurance company doesn't care who your primary care physician is. The insurance company wants you to go to a doctor that is an authorized treating physician. And matter of fact, the law specifically states that you need to go to an authorized treating physician. Now, who is an authorized treating physician? Let's back it up to the panel of physicians that we discussed earlier. The panel of physicians, any doctor you pick off of that list, again, should be a list of at minimum six doctors, is going to be your authorized treating physician for your workers' compensation injury. Now, if you choose to bypass those doctors and go directly to your doctor, you're putting your risk, you're putting your claim at risk because now we don't have someone who is authorized uh, as your treating physician diagnosing what your, your, uh, your injury is or stating what your treatment plan is. Now, when that doctor is not authorized, guess who's footing the bill? You are. So which means you could go and get this treatment that costs tens and thousands of dollars and there's nothing your, your attorney can do to get that money back for you because you simply didn't go to the doctors that you needed to go to. Now, I completely understand. If you're injured, you want to go to somebody who you trust. Well, that's why it's important to trust your attorney because your attorney knows how you feel because your attorney sees this on a daily basis. So that's why we try to get you to the right doctors that we know will mesh well, that we know will provide unbiased treatment plan, and that if they cannot treat you for whatever your injuries are, 
then they'll refer you to people who can. So again, don't decide to only treat with your own doctors, your own primary care physicians, before you go to a workers' compensation doctor. There may be ways in which your attorney can get your authorized treating physician to be your primary care physician. That can happen, but it won't happen until you give us an opportunity to look at your case and see if we could do that. If we can do that, if we can get your, your primary care physician to be your authorized treating physician, then everybody's going to be happy. You're, you're back to who you need to go to, who you're comfortable with. If they can provide you some good care, then that's what the insurance company will pay for. But we won't know until you give us an opportunity. Now, immediately after the injury, if your employer is not trying to send you to a doctor immediately and you want to go to see your own doctor once, then I'm okay with that. You can go see your doctor if, you, if you're in pain. I'm not telling you you have to stay in pain. Matter of fact, you can even go to the emergency room if you're in severe pain to go at least get seen initially. But you cannot continue to treat with those doctors unilaterally until you go to a workers' compensation doctor. So don't put your claim at risk by going to the wrong doctors. We'll get you to the right doctors, we'll get you the right care, we'll get you the right treatment, and we'll put you in a good position. And there you have it, Workers' Compensation 101, Workers' Compensation Do's and Don'ts for Injured Workers. And again, this is Attorney Andre Ramsey with the Cochran Firm Atlanta, the Workers' Compensation. And again, thank you so much for sharing so much of this information with us today. Uh, we definitely appreciate you sharing everything, Mr. Ramsey. It is my pleasure. I, I fight for the injured workers on a daily basis. That's what we do here at the Cochran Firm. I truly feel like it's my calling. And my biggest thing is I always want to educate the client. I want to educate you so you're aware of what your rights are, um, so no one pulls the wool over your eyes. I've seen it happen way too much. Um, I've been in a, a worker for quite a long time. I haven't always been an attorney. I, I've worked in call centers. Uh, I've worked in warehouses. I've worked in retail. I've done it all. And these are the things uh, that makes me so passionate uh, is because I've been in their shoes, and I just want to try to help as best as I can. So things like this are, are great because it allows me to, to speak, to provide them the information freely that they need. And if they ever need to call me, if everyone, anyone ever needs to speak to me, I'm always available to discuss, provide them a free consultation uh, so I can answer their specific questions. Well, there it is. If you're facing a legal issue and need help, please contact Mr. Andre Ramsey at the Cochran Firm Atlanta. There's no fee or obligation for the first consultation. And you can also find more information at workerscompensationanswers.com. There's a full video library with dozens of videos, content information, so that you can make uh, an informed lease decision and find some information there from this firm.